1: Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. Happy Friday. It is fun Friday. We're kicking off the weekend here for Lakers Nation. If you're an international viewer or listener, maybe you're getting this at a little different time than usual, but every Friday we come on here 2 o'clock Pacific time and we help kick off the weekend with a little bit of Lakers basketball. This will also, of course, go out as the Lakers Nation podcast so, if you are a podcast listener, make sure you are over on Apple Podcasts giving us a rating review, preferably a five-star rating. We certainly wouldn't uh, wouldn't be disappointed with that, and uh, we appreciate all the support that we've gotten over there. Great, great way to help out the show. By the way, it's just toss in a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. We've got a few that have been absolutely incredible. In fact, I just posted one to my Instagram story uh, at Trevor Lane NBA. I was just so thrilled with with getting the review that we did. That was not only uh, excited about our show, but also all the people that we have coming on and we're so appreciative of all the people that we have working on our show. So always love seeing stuff like that. So if you wouldn't mind giving us a review over on Apple Podcasts, would certainly appreciate it. We've got a lot to get into today. Um, Kyrie Irving, some rumors going on with him not just the Kendrick Perkins thing. I'm seeing some people in our chat right now. By the way, if you're coming in from YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, welcome in to the live crew here. Um, There was some chatter by Kendrick Perkins about why the Lakers should trade for Kyrie Irving, specifically trade Anthony Davis for Kyrie. We'll talk about that. (laughs) Um, I'm not in favor of that, but we'll talk about that. There's also another report linking the Lakers to Kyrie Irving, so we'll need to get into that one. I want to talk about the Lakers' trades in general, too, and their overall success and failure. Before we dive into everything that that we're going to, though, A quick request. So we recently started up our our YouTube account, or I'm sorry, our TikTok account. And uh, I I would appreciate it if you guys would go and subscribe there. So over on YouTube, I've put, and in Facebook, I guess as well, I've put in the show description, the link to our TikTok account. So if you wouldn't mind, we're putting a lot of content up there. Uh, If you wouldn't mind going and following us over on TikTok as well. Branching out, spreading our wings, expanding a little bit if you will. All right. Let's talk a little bit about this Kyrie situation. So we all saw the hot take Kendrick Perkins from ESPN explaining that the Lakers should trade for Kyrie Irving and Stephen A. Smith did what Stephen A. Smith does and reacted in a very vociferous way to it. Right. He was shocked and surprised and they got loud and yelled at each other. And then, you know, that's that's what happens on those kinds of shows. That's fine. Nothing against it. Not my style, but that's that's what they do. Uh, But Kendrick Perkins recommended that the Lakers trade Anthony Davis and get Kyrie Irving. Now, this isn't the only thing, though. Linking the Lakers to Kyrie Irving. Let me just put it out here right away. No, I would not trade Anthony Davis for Kyrie Irving. No way. No chance. No. I would not do that deal at all if I was the Los Angeles Lakers. But this is also out here. This is also out there. This is from Ian Begley of SNY several outlets, including SNY reported that the Nets had been open to talking to teams about a potential Irving trade during that time. He's talking about during the season, obviously nothing came to fruition, but some members of the Lakers organization discussed the possibility of trading for Irving during that stretch of the season. The deal would obviously have reunited Irving with LeBron James. It's unclear if the Lakers reached any internal consensus on Irving at the time. So during the season, the Lakers talked about potentially trading for Kyrie Irving. Now we know that's that's a challenge, right? Because Kyrie couldn't play home games for the Nets, he wouldn't have been able to play home games for the Lakers either based on mandates and things of that nature. So that that's a little bit curious. So how far did those discussions actually go? Probably not very far. And my guess would be that the Lakers were looking at, do we swap Russell Westbrook for Kyrie Irving? That that's a different discussion in my mind than trying to swap Anthony Davis. For Kyrie Irving Russell, Russell Westbrook, Look, we know he's going to be on the trade block. This is my guess, by the way, that that was probably what the Lakers were looking at. We know Russell Westbrook's going to be on the trade block this summer. If the Lakers that was what they had to give up in order to get Kyrie, maybe there's some other stuff that you would throw in. Okay, maybe you could talk me into it there. But Kyrie Irving for Anthony Davis, no, it doesn't make sense. And I know there's a lot of people. I know there's a lot of people out there who are not high on Anthony Davis right now. Lakers fans who are frustrated with Anthony Davis based on what we've seen with the injuries, right? We saw two major injuries for Anthony Davis this season, kept him off the floor for a good chunk of the time. And even when he was healthy, we didn't see very many. There were some flashes, but we didn't see a lot of the dominant Anthony Davis, right? Think back to the bubble when Anthony Davis looked like a league MVP, that was probably the last time we saw that guy. His three-point percentage, what was it this season? Like 18%? So I understand why some Lakers fans would be frustrated with Anthony Davis, and some might be willing to just wash their hands of the situation and say, let's move on. Say, let's just move on from AD, and if you can get Kyrie, you get Kyrie. Okay, that's, if, if that is the approach that you want to take to Anthony Davis, I understand. I don't agree, but I understand it. However, here's what I'll present. Kyrie is not the guy that you want. If you want to trade Anthony Davis, okay, that's fine. Don't do it for Kyrie Irving. It makes no sense. Here's the thing. We talked about this coming into the season. Russell Westbrook and LeBron James together, on paper, does not fit. Does not fit at all. It's a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad, rotten fit. The Lakers gambled that that fit issue was going to be mitigated by talent. That Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, together, they're just so talented that the fit wasn't going to matter. Sometimes that happens. On paper, Dwayne Wade and LeBron James don't fit. Don't fit. And yet, they won championships. Sometimes, fit doesn't matter. It mattered with LeBron James and Russell Westbrook. I think we've reached a point where we can say, pretty conclusively, that a ball-dominant point guard is not the ideal archetype to put next to LeBron James. Now, is Kyrie a better fit? Then Russ, yes. Why? Because Kyrie can shoot. Kyrie can shoot, so that means that Kyrie, when he's off ball, is still a weapon. He's still somebody where if the ball gets swung out to him and the defense is rotated over to to stop a LeBron James drive and LeBron fires the ball out to Kyrie, the defense is going to be in big, big trouble because he's going to knock down most of those shots. Fair. But I think the point still stands that a ball-dominant point guard a guy who needs the ball in his hands to be effective in Kyrie Irving. And I know they've won a championship together before. That's not ideally what you want to put next to LeBron James. Again, they won a championship together. Sometimes fit is outweighed by talent. And the Cavs managed to capitalize on that. So again, Kyrie, a better fit than Russell Westbrook. But still, you're talking about a ball-dominant point guard who's going to want starters minutes, who's going to need the ball in his hands in order to be effective. All of these things. If you're going to trade Anthony Davis, you're not doing it for a guy who maybe is an okay-ish fit. No, you want to trade. If you're going to trade Anthony Davis, you need to get the guy that you think, this is the guy that is going to fit next to LeBron. It's going to be great. Everything on paper lines up. And maybe even you want to say, this could be our guy for the future. This could be our guy post-LeBron. That's where you get the Lakers' interest in an Anthony Davis trade, Kyrie Irving, and I've not even gotten into the off-court stuff or anything like that. Incredibly talented player. Kyrie Irving absolutely is. But the fit concerns are enough to make me say, no, there's no chance that I do that if I'm the Lakers. Anthony Davis is a much better fit next to LeBron James, and I know there's health concerns there. But remember, there's other concerns with Kyrie Irving as well. Doesn't make sense. Again, if we look at the rumor that came out from Ian Begley about during the season, My guess is that was when the Lakers were poking around Russell Westbrook deals and it was something involving Russ and Kyrie. And if that was the situation, okay, fine. Yeah. Whatever. That's you're, you're upgrading there, right? Because Kyrie is a better fit than Russ. That's not going to happen now though. Kyrie has already talked about wanting to stay with the Brooklyn Nets. I know he also talked about wanting to stay with the Boston Celtics, told the Boston Celtics crowd, I'm going to stay. And then a few months later, he took off, uh, wanted to trade But still, I think that ultimately, ultimately, you don't need a high-volume, ball-dominant point guard next to LeBron James. You've got to make the pieces fit, and going after that type of player, as much as LeBron might want to say, you know what, I need somebody else to take some of the burden off of me, that's great, but you need somebody else who's going to do that and be willing to play bench minutes. You need somebody else who's going to be willing to put the team first. You need somebody else who doesn't necessarily have to have the ball to be effective. Think about guys. Again, I've said this before. hate to invoke his name, but Alex Caruso certainly fits that mold. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon would fit that mold. There's players like that that are going to be more low volume guys. That is more intriguing of a fit than a Kyrie Irving. I'd rather take, if you're going to give up that asset and Anthony Davis, I'd rather get something else next to LeBron. All right. Ile Farkosh Farkash with a super chat said the only way I trade AD is for another all-star level big man quality big men are harder to find than guards and we have a top 3 when healthy okay so quality big men being harder to find so another quality big man all-star level big man what if there was a package around Deandre Ayton would you consider that i'm cur- i'm throwing this out there deandre ayton's going to be a free agent he'll be a restricted free agent i should say this summer the suns didn't want to pay him last summer what if there's something, and this is purely hypothetical, purely. So I'm just saying that the comment here is asking for a quality all-star level big man in exchange for Anthony Davis. What if you were to build a package around DeAndre Aiden? Would you consider that? I don't think you're getting Carl Anthony Towns. I don't think you're getting Jokic. You're not getting Embiid. Would you do it for DeAndre Aiden? Curious. Something to, something to ponder. I don't know. If I would do that, I don't know if I would go that route if I was the Lakers, but if Anthony Davis came to the Lakers and said, Hey, I'd really like to be moved, and the Suns said, You know what? We're not going to pay DeAndre Ayton. We didn't think he was worth a Max last year. We still don't think he's worth a Max this year. Again, this is far fetched. This is me just working through this. Would you do a package around DeAndre Ayton if you're looking for someone else for Anthony Davis? You'd have to consider it. I don't think I would. I don't think I would, but it would be at least warrant a conversation, particularly if we said DeAndre Ayton plus, what is the other stuff that comes along with DeAndre? And by the way, the Suns might not even be willing to do that. The Suns might say we prefer DeAndre Ayton over Anthony Davis, but something to think about there. Uh, Judo Joe said Ayton and draft picks. I would do that. We're
0: driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Uh, Matt said, no, don't make the Suns better. Uh, Rashid says, what quality big man? Aiden sucks. He shines because of Chris. That's the that's the question. That's really the question for the Suns this summer when they decide to pay DeAndre Aiden. How much of Aiden's success, his production, is a result of Chris Paul and him being a maestro with the basketball and him setting a- Aiden up for lobs and, and all that sort of stuff. I think Aiton is a very talented player. I think he's very good. But I think that's a fair criticism. It's a fair concern. If you're going to be the team that's paying him, how much of this is he work, he's playing next to this ridiculously efficient point guard that sets him up for easy catch and finish opportunities? Yeah, I, I think that's certainly a factor. So it's something to consider something to look at. Esham976 said, in the past, Kyrie expressed he couldn't trust LeBron if the game was on the line and the Cleveland championship is because of him and not LBJ. I tend to think there's times where guys say stuff and eventually get swept under the rug and bygones be bygones and that kind of stuff. So when I I look at somebody who said something in the past, that doesn't necessarily mean that feeling, that sentiment, any animosity from that is still there. Sometimes guys bury the hatch. I, I don't know exactly what LeBron and Kyrie Irving's personal relationship is like, but I'm just saying that we shouldn't just assume out of hand that because Kyrie said some stuff in the past that they're still, you know, on rocky ground and that Kyrie doesn't trust LeBron and, and that sort of, sort of stuff. Uh, Jared Chalker said, 100% I would make that trade. I would do Aiden. Dan L. says, I could talk myself into Aiden, Payne, and Picks for AD. We should do do Aiden and Jay Crowder, just so Matt the Optimist Peralta would have a meltdown, this incredible crisis of conscience. I, I can't even imagine what his reaction would be because Jay Crowder is his least favorite player in the NBA at this point. Um, Marty Sussman said, let's be real AD for Zach Levine and picks. That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, that is, it makes some sense there because Anthony Davis is a Chicago guy. Again, this is, we're just hypothetical here because I don't think the Lakers will trade Anthony Davis. We got the report the other day that the Lakers will not trade LeBron James, even if he refuses to sign an extension with the Lakers. I don't think these guys are going anywhere. I don't think that's going to happen, but But, again, something worth talking about, particularly when this rumor comes up about Kyrie Irving. Tony PR with Super Chat, thank you, said, Don't trade AD or LeBron unless they ask. Tony, I agree with that. However, we need to be aware that the odds of this team getting back to championship contention are very slim. Priority is to stay healthy regardless of the roster. Yeah, I mean, I think that if you're the Lakers... You have to understand that if you bat a 1,000 this offseason, you could be back in championship contention. But you're not just building a championship team. You're fixing the stuff that got messed up last season. You're fixing the problems that you created last summer. First one is Russell Westbrook. You can't figure out what you're going to do with him. Then you got to build out a roster that fits. Then you got to find chemistry. That's a lot. There's a lot that they have to do in order to put this back on track. So if you are the Lakers, yeah, I think you have to be realistic. But you also have to say, you know, we could do this. So I think they need to be aggressive this offseason in terms of making moves. I think they need to try to do what they can to build this thing around LeBron James and potentially win another championship. But that being said, you also have to be a little bit careful. You don't just throw caution to the wind and do everything you can to get the pieces that you think might help you if you're not sure those pieces are going to win a championship for you or going to get you to that level. Because most likely, what the Lakers are going to have to give up, they have two things that they can offer this offseason. They've got future cap space. so you can. They've got a ton of cap room after 2023. If they absorb some salaries that go past that, they're eating into that cap room and that flexibility moving forward. And they've got those two future first-round picks. And I promise you, a lot of teams are going to ask for those. right? Houston Rockets, the Lakers call up the Rockets and say, hey, let's talk John Wall again, both these guys. Russ and John Wall, they only have a year left. Let's talk. The Rockets are going to say, sure, we want to pick, though. Again, I, I wouldn't do that. Maybe you can talk them down, but that's going to be the starting point for a lot of these discussions. You call up the Pacers. You say, hey, Malcolm Brogdon, Buddy Heald, let's go. Get it done. Russell Westbrook, you can have him in his expiring contract. Pacers are going to say, uh, yeah, we want 2027 and 2029. We want those picks. Why? Because you have to move Russell Westbrook. That's why. That's, that's what the Lakers are going to hear. They're going to hear it from Mitch Kupchak, the Charlotte Hornets. They're going to call about Gordon Hayward. They're going to call about Kelly Oubre Jr., Mason plumley Terry Rogier. They're going to bat around all these names. And the Hornets are going to say, we want your picks. The Lakers, this summer, are going to have to be careful that the moves that they make, if they involve those future picks, are moves that they believe will put them back on track to be a title contending team next season. If it's a marginal move, it's a if it's a lateral move, at best, For example that's the category i'd put the john wall trade in i don't know if john wall is a better basketball player than russell westbrook we haven't seen him play basketball in a year why would i give up a first round pick for that if i don't know it's making my team better it might just be a lateral move where i'm keeping the same problem i'm just perpetuating it and i'm costing myself a pick in the process if i'm moving those picks if i'm giving up future stuff i have to be sure that what I'm doing is going to help me win a championship next year with LeBron. Look, if you told me right now, if you told me, Trevor, you can trade the Lakers 2027, 2029 first-round picks. You're going to trade any other assets they've got. You're going to trade second-round picks. You're going to trade THT. You're going to trade Kendrick Nunn. You're going to give up all your future cap space, but you will win a championship in 2023. The Lakers will win a championship. I will say yes in a flat second, you do it. Championships are rare. When you have an opportunity to win one, you go for it. But I also think that the point of this comment, saying that the Lakers' championship contention odds are fairly slim, I think there's some, the ring of truth to that. And the Lakers have to be careful, and they have to be very self-aware in what they do as far as giving up that future stuff. Because if you give up all that stuff... And it turns out that what you did isn't enough, then you've got a nightmare scenario where you have a team that's not good enough and a future that's not bright enough. That's where you don't want to be if you're the Los Angeles Lakers. All right. Let's see what else we've got here. Tony PR, why are the Lakers so concerned about 2023? So odd because they've got LeBron James and he's going to be turning 38 years old. They want to win a championship with with LeBron. They want to give him a chance to succeed. And doing things to help LeBron. If LeBron, if in July, the Lakers walk out of things when the dust settles in July, and they look like they have a championship contending team, that's going to help LeBron feel better about signing an extension in August. It's part of why. And I think we need to be clear here, and I've mentioned this before, but an extension for LeBron does not mean a four-year deal. It doesn't mean a three-year deal we're probably talking about a two year deal. If LeBron signs an extension in August, I completely expect it to be a one plus one deal, which means a two year contract, the player option for the second year. That's what I expect to see LeBron sign. Why? Because Bronny is probably coming to the NBA in 2024. So he's going to want to be a free agent then regardless. So realistically LeBron signing an extension or not signing an extension. The difference is one, It's one year, one year, The Lakers have next season with LeBron. If he signs an extension, I think they have two seasons left with LeBron. Now, for some people, they'll say, well, then what's the big deal? Why does that matter? Because LeBron, from an organizational perspective, from a financial perspective, LeBron brings in tons and tons of revenue. Tons of revenue. So having two seasons of LeBron, that certainly matters. Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe he decides after the 2023-2024 season, that's it. I'm going to walk away. Maybe you get the last season of LeBron. What happens if he experiences injuries this year and then he doesn't pass Kareem's record until the next year and then he does that in another jersey? You'd much rather have him accomplish that in a Lakers jersey. LeBron brings eyes, LeBron brings attention, LeBron brings revenue. It's important for the Lakers that they keep him as long as they possibly can. So that's part of why 2023 matters. It's about making sure that you maximize your opportunity with a player of the caliber of LeBron James on your roster. And also that you keep him happy, and ideally you keep him. I mean, that was the report that came out the other day, right? That Jeannie Buss is okay going year to year with LeBron, doesn't have to have a long-term extension. She's more concerned, number one, with is LeBron happy? Because if the answer to that is yes, then the contract stuff will take care of itself. Uh, Laker Nation for life. Wow, with a $50 super chat. Thank you. Said, I love you, Trev. Trev. Thank you. I love all of you. We appreciate that. Thank you guys for coming in and, uh, and joining in on a, a fun Friday. Let's see what else we've got going on here. Mr. Crablegs said, If LeBron signed a 1 plus 1, could we trade him at the end of that contract if the team that gets Brawny can't afford LeBron? good question. So let's say he's on that one plus one deal. Could they trade him to the team that gets Brawny? Yes. If he picks up that option. So we already have a very recent example of how this works, how this exactly, how this, this would play out. So what would have to happen? Um, Harrell is the example. Montres Harrell last season was on a one plus one deal. The Lakers all the way up through what was it, June, July, right? We had a later off season, but the Lakers didn't know what they were going to be able to do with Montrez Harrell. We were talking about different trade options with if Trez declined his player option or if he picked up his player option for about $10 million for this season. And a lot of us thought that Trez was probably going to decline his player option, but then once it came playoff time, once it came late in the season and his minutes got taken away, then it looked more likely that he would pick it up. Anyway. The Lakers were looking at different trade scenarios. Ultimately, Trez picked up his player option. And even given what had gone on, it was still a little bit of a surprise that he picked it up. As soon as he picked it up, boom, the Lakers executed the Russell Westbrook trade. Now, I know, I know, that that feels bad to talk about. That was not not a proud moment in Lakers history, the way things have played out. But they had to wait for Trez to execute that, to pick up that player option in order for him to be included in that trade. As soon as he did, they could do it. If he didn't pick it up, then he's a free agent and you can't include him in a trade at that point. So if LeBron decides, so Bronny gets drafted by whoever, the Orlando Magic draft Bronny. And LeBron says, okay, Orlando, I'm going to come play for you. But here's the thing. And he's talked about money not mattering in terms of playing with Bronny. But maybe he says, you know what, though? I don't want to just play for the minimum. I want you guys, out of respect to me, I want you to pay my full salary. I'm going to pick up this option and I want you guys to trade enough stuff to the Lakers to get me. That's what I want. I think LeBron could make that happen. That would be the ideal scenario for the Lakers should LeBron decide he's going to walk away uh, and join Bronny wherever Bronny gets drafted. That's going to be fascinating in and of itself. I mean, LeBron has already said pretty much whatever team drafts Bronny gets me or what's probably the final season of my career. I talked about the revenue that he brings in, the eyeballs he brings, all of that kind of stuff. How high does Bronny go in the draft just knowing that whoever gets him gets the final season or one of the final seasons of LeBron's career? That's going to be very, very interesting to keep an eye on. But again, that would be the ideal deal scenario. We get into next summer. I'm um, sorry, the summer of 2024. LeBron signs an extension this summer, a one plus one. So he finishes out this year. Place one more year, the 2023-2024 season. Then he's got that player option looming. Bronny gets drafted. He gets drafted by Orlando, Houston, whoever it is. Whoever drafts him, drafts him. And then LeBron says, you know what? I'm going to pick up this option, and I want Bronny's team to trade for me. And LeBron probably has enough pull to where that would happen. And then the Lakers get some sort of compensation. Now, again, from the Lakers' side, they would have to get stuff they actually want because otherwise it wouldn't be – they would rather just say, okay, go take – you know, LeBron, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to trade you. Instead, you're going to need to decline that player option, go somewhere else. Maybe they go down that route. But in any event, most likely the best case scenario for the Lakers in a one plus one is exactly what you're describing, where LeBron, when he leaves to go play with Bronny, picks up that player option and therefore gets traded to whatever team Bronny drafts, gets, uh, Bronny gets drafted by, and then the Lakers get stuff for LeBron James and don't lose him for nothing. All right, let's see what else we've got going on here. Tony PR again with a super chat. Thank you. Said any news on the coaching search or the top choices? Well, right now, right now we've got the Sacramento Kings appear to be in the lead in terms of signing a new head coach. Looks like of the teams right now that are looking for head coaches, there's three of them, the Kings, the Lakers, and the Charlotte Hornets. Those three teams right now are looking for new head coaches. Quinn Snyder will be on the list for all of those teams if he pops free from the Utah Jazz, we don't know what he's going to do just yet. He had hip surgery. I'm sure he's probably thinking things over, but um, the Kings seem to be narrowing it down, their list down to three names. That's Mark Jackson, Mike Brown, and Steve Clifford. That's where the Kings are at. That's fine with me. I don't have any of those names at the top of my list for the Lakers. I know some people are big fans of Mark Jackson and want to see him wind up at the Lakers. That's fair if that's your opinion. I don't have him at the top of my list, but okay, you know, if, if that's a name going off the board that the Lakers would have wanted, all right. But in my mind, I look at those three guys and I think, all right, if one of those guys goes, one of those guys goes, I'm not too concerned about it. I've got Quinn Snyder ahead of them. Obviously, Nick Nurse for sure. I don't think Nick Nurse is actually going to be available though. Uh, and then of course, you've got Darvin Ham, who is right there with Quinn Snyder. So those are the guys that I'm looking at primarily. And we don't have a lot of movement from the Lakers there the Hornets are going to start interviewing guys. Darvin Ham's going to be one of the guys that they're interviewing, but it feels like the Lakers are slow playing this coaching search and it makes people, people are questioning, are they doing this to wait and see if anybody else hits the market? Like a Doc Rivers does, you know, if the 76ers get eliminated in round two, which I mean, maybe Joel Embiid plays tonight and they come roaring back, but I don't know. To me, I feel like it's pretty likely that they're going to get eliminated in round two. Does that lead to the end of Doc Rivers with the 76ers? And then the Lakers are interested in him. I And I know chat is going to fire off here. I'm I'm with you guys. I don't have Doc at the top of my list either, but it does feel like the Lakers are slow playing this perhaps for a reason, perhaps for a reason. And, and part of it too is they're probably waiting for Quinn Snyder to decide exactly what he wants to do. Does he want to leave Utah or not? So that's where it's at right now. The Lakers are kind of in a holding pattern. We know they've requested to interview some people. Darvin Ham is among them. Um, Adrian Griffin is another one from the Toronto Raptors. That's another one they want to interview. But that's where we're at right now. They're requesting a few interviews, but it doesn't feel like they're in any great hurry to come to a decision here, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Look, they got to get this right. They have to get this this decision right. And I know we're all eager to find out who their head coach is going to be, but there's not a lot of landing spots right now. It's the Kings, and the Kings' job is probably going to be coming off the board soon, and the Hornets' job. If Quinn Snyder decides to leave, okay, the Utah Jazz job becomes available. But I think the Lakers can afford to be patient here because most coaches, I'm assuming, would rather coach the Lakers than coach the Hornets. Most most coaches would rather coach the Lakers than coach the Jazz. I know there's some stuff. There's some downside to coaching the Lakers. There's the stuff Frank Vogel went through. We've talked all about it. But it's still the Lakers. It's still the Lakers. So I think they can afford to be patient here. And that's, that's where we're at right now. We're in a holding pattern. Brandon Robinson from YouTube. The Super Chat said, I really think we should look at Phil Handy as our next head coach. He seems to know how to handle LeBron and is already in the Lakers organization. I absolutely agree that Phil Handy should get a look. He should. The Lakers should consider Phil Handy for the head coach spot. Interview him. Find out. I was on board with getting rid of Frank Vogel early, like a month left of the season when it was pretty clear that they weren't going to go anywhere. Get rid of Frank Vogel, hand the keys over to Phil Handy and say, here, here's your tryout. Let's find out what you've got as a head coach. Let's go. Thought the Lakers should have done that. And I understand you could say out of respect to Frank Vogel, maybe they decided not to. Okay, look, there's there's pros and cons to it. But I'm in agreement. Phil Handy, absolutely. Mark Jackson, sure. Steve Clifford, why not? Interview these guys. Cast a wide net. Leave no stone unturned. So when the dust settles and you make your decision, you can feel like you made the best possible decision with all the information you could possibly get. That's what I want to see the Lakers do. If it's Phil Handy, whoever it is, interview them. Consider it. Weigh the options. Don't jump to a conclusion and say, this is our guy right away. Again, I think they're in the driver's seat here. I don't think they're going to be losing coaches to other teams. Maybe you lose Mark Jackson to the Kings. I mean, from what we've heard, he's not their top option either. He's not on the top of my list, but we've also heard he's not at the top of the Lakers list. Okay, so if you lose Mark Jackson to the Kings, all right, so be it. You can still take your time. Do your due diligence. However much time you need, get a right. Get a right. That's the most important part here. And I think that includes interviewing Phil Handy. And you find out he could be a very good head coach. Maybe he's at a point where he's ready for it. And that's what you do.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy
1: place for happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. J. Narm. I missed 2020 AD. Oh man. I do too. He was fantastic. He had rim protection, shooting, could switch pick and roll. If healthy and he plays like 2020, would they be contenders with this team minus Russ? I think you need different pieces around LeBron and AD, but that AD, like if you get that Anthony Davis And LeBron James from this season put them together. That's two MVP caliber players. MVP caliber players that would be on the same team. If you get that version of Anthony Davis, that's tough to beat. That's absolutely a playoff team. I still don't think they have the pieces or the right fit around them. But yeah, the Lakers are significantly better if you get that version of Anthony Davis. That version of Anthony Davis is a destroyer of worlds. That version of AD is amazing. If you can get that guy, yeah, that that solves a lot of problems. That solves a lot of, as much as we're looking at the Lakers right now and we're saying, man, they really need, you know, they need to add guys who can shoot and defend. They need two-way players. They need youth. They need all these things. They need to get rid of Russell Westbrook. If you somehow can figure out some way to reach into the multiverse and pull 2020 Anthony Davis... Over to this reality. Yeah, that's tough. The Lakers are, are in good shape at that point. All right, let's see what else you guys have here. We'll do a few more. Jose Ortiz said Hawks. Oh, okay, it's a it's a trade proposal here. So the Hawks would be getting Buddy Hield, Kendrick Nunn, Miles Turner. Okay, Pacers. Get Anthony Davis and Kelly Oubre. Okay. Hornets get Russ and two firsts from the Hawks and the Lakers. The Lakers get Malcolm Brogdon, John Collins, and Gordon Hayward. So you're adding AD into this deal. I mean, we had been talking about Russell Westbrook and the picks. Maybe one pick, maybe two, in order to get Malcolm Brogdon and Buddy Heald or in order to get Gordon Hayward and Kelly Oubre. You're adding AD, and the piece you're getting back, essentially, is John Collins. That's not enough for me to put AD into that trade. That's not enough. Um, And I like John Collins a lot. I also question, where does John Collins fit? He's very clearly a four in the NBA. Sometimes you can get away with playing him at the five, but you're lacking a lot of rim protection when you're running John Collins and LeBron. Now, if the Lakers could get John Collins... Uh, John Collins, Anthony Davis pairing is actually really interesting and works out pretty well because AD can protect the rim a l- little bit for you there. But trading AD, adding him to that mix and the piece you get back is John Collins. That's not, that's not quite enough. And I know you get Hayward and Brogdon too instead of like Brogdon and Healed, and maybe you're valuing Hayward over Buddy Healed. But I, I think the value is close enough between Hayward and Healed that it doesn't move the needle for me. So yeah, I, I would not do that simply because I think you're, you're putting in too much value in Anthony Davis and not getting enough back in John Collins. And again, I, I like John Collins a lot. Uh, Mook Morris, did you see Roko getting a two-year extension from the Clips yesterday? Yeah, I did. And I thought that... I'm jealous. That made a lot of sense. It made a lot. It made sense for everybody. It made sense for the Clippers. Made sense for Robert Covington. He got just above a mid-level exception deal. And so for Robert Covington, the, in exchange for not exploring the market in free agency, he got a deal just above the mid-level exception, which is probably about what he was expecting to get in free agency. There's not a lot of cap room out there. The teams that have cap room aren't teams he'd want to go play for. Probably he's looking at taking a mid-level exception deal from somebody. So by accepting the Clippers offer now, rather than waiting until July and accepting a mid-level exception, he actually got a little bit more money. Great. So he got the deal he was probably gonna get anywhere in July plus some. All right, that makes sense for him. And for the Clippers, for the Clippers, you get certainty. That's what you're paying for here. You're paying Robert Covington a little bit extra to not test the waters in free agency. Look, we are going to, we wanna keep you, so we're gonna give you a little bit more in exchange for you not getting wandering eyes in free agency. We don't wanna risk losing you, so we're gonna pay you a little bit more than we think anybody else is gonna give you in July Let's keep you happy. We'll be happy because now we have certainty moving forward. Off we go. It's a great deal. And I hate to say that. And remember, the Clippers got Robert Covington and Norman Powell for just about nothing. Just about nothing. Now, look, I mean, Keon me. Johnson. Okay. Right. There's some upside there. But my goodness, the Blazers just forked over those assets for very little in return. And I know the Blazers are going to try to rebuild things and, and all of that, but still, This is a great deal for the Clippers. I think Robert Covington's a great fit. I think a lot of teams in the NBA would want Robert Covington. He fits a lot of places. Every team's looking for three and D wing defenders and Robert Covington can do that. I'm jealous of the wings that the Clippers have. He would have been a great fit for the Lakers. He's a great fit a lot of places, but it makes sense. If I was Robert Covington's agent, I would have advised him to take that deal. If I was the GM of the Clippers, I would have made that deal. I think it makes sense for all parties involved there. That was just good business for everybody to get that deal done. Uh, Giorgio Guerra, Aiden, and Mikhail Bridges plus picks for AD. That I'll start listening. Um, I I would love I would love if that was the case. If that was really out there, I think if you're the Lakers, you would have to do that. The Suns probably wouldn't do that. In fact, the Suns certainly wouldn't do that. Bridges is fantastic. He's been a great fit for them. Aiden, I think they're going to keep, despite not wanting to pay him last summer. Uh, and then you add picks on top of that. It's not happening. But yes, if, if I'm the Lakers, I can't say yes fast enough to that. But I, I, I think Bridges is phenomenal. And he was, what, the runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year? Uh, I stopped. Google said, I stopped following the Lakers when LeBron, traitor our youth, LeBron James ruined the franchise. So, LeBron traded the youth to get a D first of all, that wasn't LeBron's to sit down to LeBron push for the Lakers to go to get AD? Sure. But ultimately the Lakers are the ones that have to pull the trigger. The Lakers are the ones that have to decide to do the deal. LeBron can't call up the NBA and say, Hey, I want to accept this trade on behalf of the Lakers. The NBA will say, no, you can't do that. Rob Palinka, Jeannie bus. They have to sign off on the trade. They're the ones that pull the trigger. Doesn't matter what LeBron says, right? Like, it, it matters, certainly. LeBron has influence, LeBron has say, he's pulled, there's, there's no question. But who has to actually execute the trade? It's the Lakers, it's not LeBron. It's not LeBron. So to say LeBron traded all of our youth, the Lakers went along with this. And again, I would argue that they did the right thing. You can say they, they ruined the franchise, they won a championship. And here's the other problem with this. When we go back and we look, we look at this and we say, oh my gosh, imagine if, imagine if right now, the Lakers, they had Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and Julius Randle and D'Angelo Russell and Jordan Clarkson and Ivica Zubats and on and on and on. Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart. Imagine if they had all those guys, how good this team would be. That'd be a pretty good team. Is it a championship team? Eh, probably not. They'd be a playoff team. It'd be a playoff team. Are they winning the championship this year? No, I don't think so. I think that's just objectively fair to say. But the problem with that is you wouldn't have all those guys. Why? Because most of those guys have gotten paid. Most of those guys have gotten paid by this point. And even the Lakers at some point have to say, oh my gosh, we can't keep paying all of these guys. These guys have gotten, Larry Nance Jr. got paid. You wouldn't have all of these young players. So I know it's easy to look back and say, oh my gosh, look at all the youth the Lakers have played, have traded. And it's also fair to say they haven't valued their assets appropriately. Some of these guys, they let get away for very little return. Julius Randle, they got nothing. They just said, okay, see you later. We're going to make you an unrestricted free agent because you asked us. We're going to take the money and sign Rondo. Now look, Rondo worked out. They won a championship, but still, they let Julius Randle walk away, got nothing in return. They traded Evita Zubats for Mike Muscala, for crying out loud. They have undervalued their assets. I'm not saying they've done the right things here. They haven't. But they also couldn't have kept all these guys. They could have gotten more in return. The cupboard wouldn't be so bare if they didn't mismanage their young assets. Point blank. But we can't also look at this team and say, and put together this hypothetical team with all of the young pieces. They wouldn't have all of them. The team would look very different. So when I look at this and say, LeBron James ruined the franchise, what would the young team look like right now? How confident would you be that a team with Brandon Ingram as your 1A guy is winning a championship? Maybe two years from now, we'll say, oh yeah, Brandon Ingram, he's a 1A guy. He can do it. He is the star. He's an MVP candidate. He can lead your team to a championship. Maybe he gets there, but I don't feel good saying that right now. At this moment, he's a good player. I like Brandon Ingram a lot, but is he winning you a championship? LeBron did. LeBron won a championship with AD, making that trade. Again, not letting the Lakers off the hook at all. They've mismanaged their young assets. Did a great job finding them, then didn't value them highly enough. That's a problem. It's a problem moving forward. But you can't look at this Lakers team and say, oh, they could have had all of these young guys on the roster. Because they wouldn't have. They would have had to move some of them.
0: This is the story of The One.
1: Vector Nova, uh, Trevor. I know you might interview a draft prospect next week. Yes, that is going to happen. That's uh, that's coming. I'm going to do a little bit of traveling next week. Have you been looking into other draft prospects the Lakers could realistically get? Honestly, I have not. I have not been realistically looking into other draft prospects. My guy Sean Davis has been. It's on my to-do list. I've been busy doing some other things, but rest assured, especially when I go on this trip, I'm going to have a little bit more time to dig in fully into draft prospects and really start my pre-draft analysis um, process. So that's coming. That's coming. But I'm not at a point right now where I could even start throwing out names or, or anything like that. I've got to really get into that. Part of it is it, it doesn't feel good looking at draft prospects, knowing that the Lakers, we don't know where their lottery pick is going to wind up just yet. Like the Pelicans could get the number one overall pick from the Lakers for all we know. We don't know. They could get the eighth pick, which is where it's sitting right now. That doesn't feel great. And so I don't want to get all excited about the draft prospects and go, oh my gosh, look at the guy you could get at, I don't know, number four, and then the Pelicans move up with the Lakers pick and get number four. So maybe I'm protecting myself from a little bit of heartbreak there, but I do need to start diving into the draft prospects and, and getting there. And uh, again, I, obviously I'm doing plenty of research on the guy that I'm going to be interviewing next week. And said, we all know that Russ is on the trading block, but let's say we can't move him. How would our season look and how likely do you think that scenario is? I don't know. I think they're going to do everything they can to move Russ. I think that's going to happen. Um, But Russ, if they were to bring him back, it would be based upon this idea that we saw floated out there by Sam Amick uh, yesterday that the Lakers saw the reason why Russ didn't work as Frank Vogel and bringing in a new head coach would suddenly make it work. I don't buy it, by the way. I don't buy it. If you believed that Frank Vogel was the reason why this team wasn't working, you would have moved on from Frank Vogel midseason. Right? I mean, Russ said he didn't get a fair chance and all this kind of stuff. If that's the case and that's how the Lakers see, really see things, they would have fired Frank Vogel. They would have tried somebody else, something else, anything else. So I don't buy that the Lakers really believe that a new head coach fixes things. I buy that they want that out there. I buy that the Lakers want it to sound like Russ coming back is not an impossibility for leverage reasons. I think that matters. But if Russ did come back next year, I think the Lakers would be holding onto that hope that a new head coach can somehow smooth things over and make it work. And then maybe you look to move him by the trade deadline, right? That's, that's what you'd be doing. And hoping that more time together, LeBron, AD, Russ, even if it still doesn't click on paper, maybe it does click to a higher degree with a little bit more time. Remember, they only played 21 games together. So that's certainly something to, uh, to consider there. Uh, Jose Ortiz, Mario Hernandez. So Trevor is streaming on three different platforms. Give him a break, LOL. Sorry, the comments go by really fast. So if I'm missing stuff, if people are are saying stuff and I'm missing it, again, I've got three platforms all being aggregated together with the comments. So that's what I see. I see YouTube, I see Twitter comments, I see Facebook comments all at the same time. So if I'm missing a comment or something like that, just keep that on, bear with me. They go fast on my side and I, I do my best to catch up with them. Um, which is great, by the way. I'm so I'm appreciative of everybody coming, especially it's the off season and uh, playoffs are going on. The Lakers aren't in it, and yet here we are talking Lakers basketball, which is fantastic. Love you guys. Uh, Jose Ortiz, none and THT for Jonathan Isaac, Russ for the proposed Pacers trade, and AD for Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, Nurkic. Well, that would be a sign and trade for Nurkic because he's a free agent, and they give us a first. Okay, so none in THT for Jonathan Isaac. I don't think the Magic are ready to cut ties with Jonathan Isaac just yet. They like him a lot. He hasn't been healthy in two seasons now, um, but I, I like him. Russ for the Pacers trade, so Brogdon and Buddy Healed. You're probably having to give up first there. Then AD for Simons. The Blazers like Simons a lot, but if you're offering AD, maybe they consider it. Nurkic will be a sign-in trade, so you're hard capping yourself there. Josh Hart, one time, maybe future Laker. The AD trade, I think, I don't know if you're getting enough back. Well, the first, Simons is really good, and I like Simons a lot. I think the Blazers would be low to move him, but I, st- I don't think the Lakers would pull the trigger on that trade. And then I don't think the Magic would do the Jonathan Isaac trade. But, I mean, interesting, creative ideas there. I like the pieces, ultimately, that you're going after there. I think that gives you a long, kind of lengthy team, got some depth. That's certainly interesting. Certainly interesting. All right, guys. I do need to take a quick break here. Uh, Somebody said predictions for tonight. All right, I'll get into that right after our break. I'm going to take a three-minute break here, talk to you a little bit about our sponsor, Athletic Greens, and then uh, we'll get back to it. So I'll be back in three minutes. Lakers Nation, I want to pause for a moment and talk a little bit about Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 Because for me personally, I was interested in recovery. Number one, I've been trying to get back into shape and spending a lot of time in the gym, lifting weights, doing all those sorts of things. And I wanted to see if it could help with my recovery process and what that looks like. We all know how important recovery is in any type of athletic endeavor. And then also the mental clarity part of it. I'm the type of person where I've noticed, you know, middle of the day, I start to just hit this lull, this wall that I I run into and I've just found I'm just not as productive as I should be. And I'll admit, I was pretty skeptical when I went into this, uh, when I started taking AG1, but I've been very, very pleasantly surprised. Not only has my recovery improved and I've been taking AG1 for about three weeks now, I've been making noticeable improvements in the gym, but the mental clarity piece to this, the energy piece to this, it has been noticeable in the afternoons. I simply have more focus, more energy. I just noticed suddenly I'm getting way more done during the day. I'm accomplishing more tasks on my to-do list rather than pushing things off to the next day. And that means for all of you, that means more Lakers Nation content, more NBA front office content, everything else that we bring. It's been absolutely fantastic. I can't believe how productive I've been while taking Ag1. So what is Ag1? Well, with one delicious scoop of Ag1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And that is exactly how I take it. It's the first thing I take in the morning. Instead of getting coffee or an energy drink or something like that, I drink my ag One, this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, aging, all of the things all in one. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself that you would have to go out and find. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens, it was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him over $100 per day. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own. And for me, I'm super busy. The sports world, it moves at a lightning fast pace. So Athletic Greens, very quick, very simple for me to get my nutrition in one All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Lakers Nation. Again, it's athleticgreens.com slash Lakers Nation to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, and we are back. Somebody asked for my predictions for tonight. I think a lot of it depends on whether or not Joel Embiid does play. Uh, I think he is going to. It seems like that's the way this is trending. But I still think Miami is better. I, if Joel Embiid plays, I could see the Sixers getting a win tonight. Um, they're going to be throwing everything they've got at Miami, but I mean, I just think Miami's the better team. Miami's the better team, period. If, if Embiid is at like 60%, Miami probably wins anyway. If he's at 80%, Okay. Then, then I could see the Sixers getting a win, but I I think Miami's taking this series. I I just think they're the better team period, whether or not uh, MB plays. Uh, but if MB doesn't play, then I think it's 3-0 Miami. That's, that's the way I see this. Uh, Ahmed Kais from YouTube with the super chat. So tell me if this works cap-wise or not. Okay. Russ and a first, second round or whatever for Hayward and Oubre okay trade tht so cap wise yeah that that first trade that works tht in a first rounder for christian wood i think you're a little bit short on money there with christian Wood. well no wait he's 13 million yeah that would actually that should work uh tucker or auto so pj tucker or auto porter for the mid-level exception so that would be the taxpayer mid-level so you'd have to get one of them to take about six million which maybe they do i don't think that's out of the question sign Carmelo Anthony and Damian Jones on veteran minimums. Okay. I think both of those are, are possible and activate team options. So on Austin Reeves, Wendy Gabriel, Stanley Johnson, those team options. Okay. So yeah, I mean, all of that, all of that should work. Now, THT and a first for Christian Wood. Is that enough for Houston? I don't, I don't know. Uh, They might want more maybe they'd only want to add wood into a westbrook trade something like that and then you're not doing the hayward and Ubre trade but look on the surface cap wise yes i believe all of that all of that should work so yeah i think that they'll work and i would probably i'd be in favor of doing probably all of those um i think you're putting together a pretty good team there and i think that's all pretty pretty realistic All right, let's do a few more, and then we will head off for the weekend. Uh, Brent Brewer, why is Miami so boring? Yes, they win, but they're just boring. I don't know. I They're kind of that team that everybody, including myself, has been overlooking, and I don't know why. Like, they were the one seed, and yet nobody's really respected them as the one seed. Nobody's picking them. They've been picking the Bucs, been picking the Celtics, been picking all these other teams to come out of the East. Um, the Nets were getting picked, and Miami was just getting overlooked. And I think they like it that way. But why are they kind of boring? Well, they don't have that like one A superstar that's going to blow up for sixty points on any given night that like Kevin Durant might do that. John Moran might might do that. Right? He had forty-seven the other night. Um, so they don't have that guy. Jimmy Butler is great, but he's not in the same tier as a Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, even a, a Jason Tatum. He's not of that tier. And so I think that's part of why the NBA being a superstar driven league, but this is just a very good team. They play good team basketball. Eric Spolstro is an excellent coach. And I think they're going to be a tough out for anybody to deal with. They're, they're going to be a tough team. So are, are they boring? Maybe. I, I enjoy watching Bam Adebayo play. I think that he's a lot of fun. Uh, as a big, he does a lot of kind of non-big man things in terms of bringing the ball at the floor sometimes. The agility that he's got is impressive. The energy that he brings to the game. Tyler Hero is a guy who, despite the sneer with LeBron James a couple of years ago and all that, uh, can be pretty exciting. But overall, I understand what you're saying. And um, I don't know, but I'm sure they don't mind being maybe a little bit boring as long as they're winning. They're just fine with that. Let's see what else we've got here. Somebody said, who can stop Giannis? Probably not many. Not many people can stop, can stop Giannis. He's very, very good. But I'll tell you what, keep an eye on this. Last game, what the Celtics do, they let Giannis beat them one-on-one. I always say let. They put up resistance, but they covered him one-on-one. And Giannis just went, okay, then I'm putting my head down and going to the basket every time. And he drove, what, 30 times in the second half? Seemed like every play was Giannis one-on-one to the basket, but the Celtics shut down everybody else. They've made Giannis try to beat them by himself. And by the end of the game, Giannis started to get a little bit tired. So I'm interested to see with the Celtics, when they employ that strategy again uh, tomorrow, what that's going to look like. Because I think Milwaukee's got to figure out a way to get some other guys involved. They were even running like Pat Connaughton down in the dunker spot and stuff, trying to just get, you know, with the defense collapsed on a Giannis drive, trying to get some easy buckets there. But uh, Milwaukee, I think they've got to come up with some stuff. Hugo Martinez, what do you think about Rick Carlisle being the next coach for the Lakers? He hasn't coached in a while in the NBA. I always associate him, of course, with the Kings, which a lot of people do, but I don't. I don't see. I think there's other options that you're going to turn to before him. Somebody said Bucks will repeat. Hey, I'm fine with that. I I've said it before. I went into the playoffs saying anybody but the Celtics or the Clippers. So I'm hey. I hope the Bucks beat the Celtics. I hope that happens. Um, Clippers already out. Great. We're halfway there. Let's get the Celtics out of here. And then to me, it'll be a stress-free playoffs. I know a lot of Lakers fans don't like the Suns as well. I'm more neutral on them, but, uh, it's the Celtics. That's the team that I don't want to see win the whole thing here. And that's just natural as a Lakers fan. Ha! Somebody said, I just got here. Can you start over? Sure. Welcome in everybody. No, we're not going to start the whole show over. Come on. Just rewind. A lot of people said, I want the Suns out too. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting is I think most, I guess this is another split here between Lakers fans and LeBron fans. LeBron fans, from what I've seen, want the Warriors out because they don't want Steph to get close to to LeBron or equal LeBron in championships. Lakers fans, if they had to pick between the two, would rather the Warriors go through and the Suns go home. So that's something that's interesting. Dominic Hurst said, it's natural as a Lakers fan. Yeah, that's right. It's just... It's second nature to want to see the Celtics go home in the playoffs. Uh, hey, Trevor, what subject did you teach? Uh, I taught history. I was, that was my subject when I was a teacher. I taught history. I taught a few other courses as well. I taught careers. Um, that was one of the ones that, that I taught. But, uh, but I primarily spent most of my time teaching history. And within that, there was, of course, you know, economics, government, all kinds of different stuff, geography that, that I taught, but yeah, history was the the broad subject that I taught for uh, for 13 years. All right. Let's do one more and then we'll head off to the weekend. Warriors fans were obnoxious when they were winning every year. Sure, understand that. Uh, where did I graduate from? We're getting into ask me anything territory. here. Where did I graduate from? So I got my degree in history and political science, um, from Concordia university in Irvine, California. That was where I went for, um, my undergrad. And also my, uh, teaching credential is from Concordia university. That was where I went through all their, their program. And that was, that was my college. That's my school, small school, but yeah. Jeff, can you teach the history of the Lakers sucking? No, look, the Lakers have been bad this season, but it wasn't that long ago that they won a championship. There have been some tough times. There's no question, but you know what? Overall, overall, Lakers fans, we've been pretty spoiled, right? This team has won a lot. We've seen a who's who of NBA stars come through wearing purple and gold. It's not a, not bad. Not bad to be a Lakers fan. As bad as it feels right now, when you step back and you look at things, the big picture, you look historically, and that's what, given my background in in history, that's what I tend to do. We've been pretty fortunate as Lakers fans. I think we can say that. All right, everybody. We got some great comments. We've got one I'm going to need to share with uh, with Matt the Optimist Peralta in here that I'm going to have to send over to him. I'm going to save that one. Um, Rob Ferrelli said, "Trevor Lane is the goat." Well, thank you guys. Thank you. Making making my day, making my weekend. Certainly appreciate that. All right, everybody. Oh, Lakers class 101. on one. Maybe we should start that. We'll start out start a Lakers class. We'll do a full Lakers classroom. We can do that. All right, everybody, appreciate you for joining me here on Fun Friday on a live show talking about the Lakers during the offseason. You guys are awesome. You guys are um, diehards if you're here right now when the season is uh, not – the Lakers are not in season. We're sitting at home right now. We're watching the playoffs. But thank you guys for joining me. Oh, Nick T said, is it true California's cost of living is higher in the U.S.? Yeah, the, the cost of living in, in California is higher than in most of the U.S. So, yes, that is that is true. All right, everybody. Appreciate you for joining me. Make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. The link down below, again, if you missed the beginning, we started up a TikTok account. So use the link below. Go follow us on TikTok. Post a lot of content there as we spread our wings a bit more. I would certainly appreciate that as well. You can find me on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. And then, of course, you can find the Lakers Nation accounts at Lakers Nation on Twitter and Facebook at Lakers Nation official. On Instagram. Have a great weekend, everybody. Till next time. See ya and stay safe.